Three, two, one. Fucking fuck. fuck. No, no, no. Actually, actually. <laughs> All right, guys. I've decided I don't like fucking fuck anymore. Controversial Why is that? idea. Why is that? Yeah, that is I... controversial. Because <laughs> we just, me and Maz, we just had an event. I organized this event at uni. Uh, it was with two professors. We had like this like conversation about AI and consciousness and human beings. And then it, I was in the beginning, I was like, oh, like maybe I'll post it on the podcast. Like maybe people will find it interesting. You know, it's not every day you get to like have deep convos with two professors. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, maybe it's not professional to start with fucking fuck. <laughs> but, but, why, why, why do you want to be professional? Uh, do, do you think? Do you think your listeners? Do you think people that listen to the podcast they come to the podcast and listen to it because Sami and Maz are like professional dudes? <laughs> Maz, I have a question for you. Yeah, go on. I was excited by what you just you just said. You said, you said. <laughs> If AI imprisons us, then maybe it's for the best. What the fuck do you mean? <laughs> I, okay, so think about it. Imagine, imagine if, like, you know, there is some... Uh, right now, there's a war happening in whatever, like Palestine and stuff, right? What if the AI could predict that this war was going to happen and it was going to happen because person A, B, and C? And it just decided to like, okay, we're going to imprison person A, B, and C. And they imprison them and the war didn't happen. Uh, I'd say that's, that's, that's good, right? Imprison them. No, I disagree. I, dis- <laughs> I disagree completely. I think that's highly immoral. I think that's highly unethical. I think it's very dangerous. What I'm trying to get at is I don't think in terms of justice, we're talking about the idea of justice, uh-huh. in my opinion. We're not, we're not talking uh-huh. about like... And in terms of taking, trying to make the most just decision, I don't think it's fair to punish someone before they've done anything. You know, it's like, this is the most common thought experiment in, in philosophy. They say, mm. if you could go back and kill baby Hitler, would you kill baby Hitler? Mm-hmm. And would you kill baby Hitler? Fucking baby Hitler. Let's go. Go and do meditation. Go and do meditation. I was like, I was like, man, I wasn't empathizing with Hitler. Fucking fuck. Anything you want to do, you can. Be a professor. Wink, wink. So, Maz, we're about to release the discussion we had with the two professors. The two professors, one of them is uh, Dr. Mark Williams. He just published a book called The Connected, called the Connected Species. Species. Yeah. He is a um, honorary professor at Macquarie Uni. He's researched for about 25 years. Um, he studied at MIT. He, his main mission, his main passion is allowing the wider community to access knowledge that we have about the brain so he he's regularly goes to schools and does talks with kids he appears in documentaries he appears on channel 9 channel 10 i think um he's pretty amazing dude 
you know yeah, i'm very inspired by him it's not just about doing the science but also communicating the science exactly exactly and i'm i'm deeply inspired i, I would call mark one of my mentors um I've, i've learned a lot from him and i continue to learn a lot from him and the second guy is um <laughs> dr matthew <laughs> crossley <laughs> mike whoa what no you can it's you can still have intellectual crush like that's fine intellectual crush. Oh, <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> so, so matt as we call him dr matthew crossley i call him matt um he was on the first episode of this podcast so if you've listened to that then you already know him and he's a really chill dude <laughs> Sorry, Matt, I should give you a better intro. Um, Matt is also a fascinating human. He um, He's from the States. He studied, um, I want to say UCLA, but I feel like that might be fake news. He studied in California. Um, he worked in Silicon Valley. He's very much, I would say, he's the, he's the closest AI expert I know in my life. Um, he works with computer programming, computer models. He's a genius when it comes to neuroscience and human cognition. And I've had a lot of interesting conversations with him about where where does AI link with neuroscience? Mm. Anyway, anyway, sorry, Matt. I want to say more amazing things about you, but I can't remember. <laughs> so... This conversation that we're about to release that's going to happen after we 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 shut up and stop talking <laughs> is <laughs> is exactly that. You know the actual conversation was for about two hours, but I cut it down to the parts which I think are most interesting mm -hmm. for our listeners here. And I think look, if I just want I just want to say to people, it, the things we talk about might seem a little bit abstract at times. But just really try, try and understand, because I think the topics we touch on are really, really relevant to every single human being that's alive. You know, we 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 talk about things like um, morality and ethics when it mm. comes to AI. It's like, you know, if if we do create an AI that's just like humans, then should it have the same rights as humans? Mm. You know, uh, what it, what is it that makes us humans special. different to other species? Make, makes us special, you know. We touch on topics like, for those that are interested, is it even possible to get there? You know, and will AI ever outdo us? You know, will it ever become more advanced than us? And if it does become more advanced than us, then does that mean that it's on the top of the food chain? And then we are the chimpanzees that it experiments on? <laughs> you know, we, 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 we talk about topics like, um, like the ethics of it. You know, everyone talks about, oh, AI might be more advanced than us. Mm. But it's like, have we ever thought about AI being more morally advanced than us. You know what I mean? It's like right now we look on people like the founding fathers of the United States. We say, oh, they're bad people. We should get rid of their statues because they had slaves, which is fair enough. Slavery is fucked, you know? But the thing is we're judging them based on our current moral progress. So it's like if AI advances and it's more morally superior to us, then it can punish us. Maybe it will jail us. Maybe we'll put up like, We don't and know. Maybe that'll happened. be good, actually. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Maybe, 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 maybe they will that. save humanity. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Maybe they will save humanity for all we know. And 
just what we talk about, what we're about to release, we touch on all of these themes. So stay tuned. Um, if you're interested, reach out to me and Maz. We'd love to talk about it more with you. Um, and yeah, and enjoy. Maz, That's anything it. you want to add? No, it's just it's such an opportunity because to to listen listen to this. Like what I what I think is good is sometimes diversifying. Like you know, if you know so much about some topic, whatever topic, uh, the, if you've read ten books on one topic, the eleventh book you read on that topic, you're not gonna learn as much as if you go and read this little page on this totally random thing that you have no idea about because there's like a plateau effect, you know. Like you, if you've already learned so much about things, you already know. So it's like, if, if if AI is something that you don't know anything about, which really is the case with me, I I, I know fuck all about it. All I know is I use it <laughs> ChatGPT to help me with my assignments. Yeah. In a way to not cheat, but just help me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's... it's, it's good, good save. Good, good, good save. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's good to give it a try and see, see what it's like. Yeah. Okay, so... Three, two, one. These people are naked in the mud. What the shit is happening? Matt, do you want to continue? If I did you, um, if I did you wrong, if I didn't say it right, just no, no, you're defend fine. yourself. Go for it. Oh, I don't know what I think anyway, so it's fine to say anything. But um, <laughs> you know, I think that uh, like one other sort of like contextual uh, uh, foundation point that we might try to get out in the open. Um, is that like, I think Mark and I discovered that we pretty, I mean, I, I think I'd like to be curious to know, obviously if Mark <laughs> agrees with my assessment of the first conversation, but that we actually quite, quite, there's not real any conflict with our view of AI today. Like, I don't think either one of us thinks that JetGPT is conscious, for instance, um, or that we should feel very guilty about turning your computer off when you're running JetGPT, that kind of thing. I think we're probably... There's not a whole lot of substance there, I think, for us to, to debate about. But one of the things that I was super intrigued about um, is, like, I think we actually did discover, and I think, Simon, you did a, a reasonable job summing this up. I was excited because I I, th I thought we were getting to the point where I was like, holy shit, like, there actually is a point of divergence now, Mark, and I might think about the brain and consciousness and all the rest. Um, is that, Mark, was that your experience also? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree you, you summarise it very nicely. Um, I think that, um, yeah, I think we both agree that where we're at at the moment, um, which is, to be honest, just been completely re reinforced by Toby's book as well, um, is that we just have something which is faking <laughs> intelligence, which is why he called us faking. Um, and, but, yeah, where, where is this going to actually go in the future? Um, and are we ever going to get to anything that looks like intelligence? Or, or is that the goal? Is that even the goal? Mm. And it might not even be the goal, which I think is an interesting question itself. Like, what's the point in replicating our own intelligence if mm. it is just replicating our own intelligence? I mean, that's just a, a party trick, right? And so what do we actually want computers to do? Do we want computers to do what we can do, which wouldn't really revolutionise anything? Or do we want... In out of, you know, computers to do something else that means that we can actually use them uh, as a tool to do more than what we can currently do. And I think that's really the question. 
Mm. Uh, yeah, I love those questions. I'd be, what are your thoughts about, I mean, do you have answers, tentative answers to those questions? Like, I guess, do you think that um, there is value in replicating a human intelligence? Do you think that there is more value in pursuing a different kind of intelligence? Um, yeah, what I'm, I'm can you say more about what your hopes and dreams are with respect? To yeah, I, yeah, no, it's a good. It's I think it's a really cool question. It's come, it's come about to be honest because of me reading this this book, which has been really cool. And as you can see, there's lots of sticky notes in it because yeah. there's lots of stuff that's coming up in there that's really made me very excited. Um, one of the things he talks about is um, the fact that what we've got at the moment, um, and most people don't think about it, but when you talk when you actually talk to someone and they say oh i'm a i'm an elite uh chess player for example you know i'm a master chess player and I, then we automatically think oh therefore they're an extremely intelligent person right whereas with computers when you have a computer program which is an amazing chess player which there are that can beat all the masters and can thrash all the masters and everything they actually can't do anything else so they're actually not intelligent. So what they actually are is idiot savants um, in that they're only able to do something extremely, one thing extremely well and nothing else very well. And I think that's one of the things that really struck me, accord with me, and one of the things he talks a lot about is that any of the programs that we, we come up with for computers, they can do one thing, but they can't do all the things that we as humans can do. And I think that's where we as humans are amazing um, in that we can do so much with what we've got um, in so many different domains. Um, and I think getting computers to do the things that we don't like doing or the things that we're not that good at doing better would then catapult the human race into uh, to, to another level, right, rather than just trying to replicate what we are able to do by making it look like and I think Turing was, and I, I'm going to be very controversial here, but I think Turing was wrong in coming up with the Turing test because I don't think what we want to do is be able to fake human intelligence or pretend. I think that's a waste of time and a waste of money. I think what we want to do is is create something which is much better at doing the stuff that we're not good at and then we'll be really useful and, and we'll be able to do stuff that we can't do. So... This whole idea of actually trying to fake being a human is is just a waste of time, and and we, we need to get away from that idea and start working on how do how do we make these better. And I think a lot of organisations are doing that, right? I mean, you have got these that they're, they're using they're trying to make robots that do things like ants do and with sense and all you know, and, and, you know, doing stuff that we can't do so that they can help our lives and make our lives better rather than just being able to play chess and be a chess master or whatever. Yeah, that, that's my view. Yeah, that's great. I mean, um, you know, your comments about, um, you know, various robots and whatever else, you know, it just conjures these like classic YouTube videos from Boston Dynamics, this robotics yeah, yeah, company. Exactly. They have they have these like beautiful, these very cool. Again, I've been trying to, to cut through the the like, what's feasible now with current technologies versus what's feasible in the limit of human ingenuity mm. or just or just universal ingenuity it doesn't necessarily have to be humans right maybe yeah. you come up with a deep network that's very creative and innovating some other networks but um like for me if 
if there's a hard limit on the deep net style AI or any other style AI, that's not so, I don't have strong views about that. I, I don't care so much about it. I think that my intuition is that there, there exists a technology or a set of technologies of methods that would produce every shape of intelligence imaginable, right? I think it's inevitable that human-like intelligences will exist. And I think it's inevitable that very unhuman-like intelligences will exist. I think we'll have AI spiders and AI squids and AI things you've never imagined. I think that that's, I think that's just going to happen as intelligent systems proliferate. Um, but it, it could be, the, I mean, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but one, one view could be that actually, no, there is something kind of magic about the kind of squishy biology that a human being is. And that there is no other system that can produce varying intelligences. And that's where I just, I don't think that, I don't find that idea very plausible. Um, that might be where we disagree. I'm not sure. Yeah, and that's something that, again, it's not coming directly from me. It's it's written in you know, Toby's book. He talks a lot about the fact that we, as biological beings, the reason we have intelligence is to interact with the world, and computers mm -hmm. don't do that. And even even robots don't aren't able to do that at this stage. Um, and so... That seems, according to him anyway, he thinks that that's one of the reasons why computers, at least this stage, won't be able to get to the level of intelligence or, or the complexity of intelligence that we currently have because we're, the reason we have intelligence is to interact, is to survive, right, is to actually interact with the world and survive. And so, therefore, those inputs that from multiple different sources constantly and then generating the perception of what's actually there so that we can then interact with it is what makes us human or makes mm -hmm. an animal an animal and mm -hmm. computers aren't doing that and don't do that and so therefore they're never going to get to that level of complexity because they don't have that extra um mm -hmm. factor um that, that drives them to need that level of complexity Yes, sorry, Matt. And I... again, he talks about this idiot savant issue with yeah. Yeah, our current thinking. Yeah, sorry, mate. Um, no, no, all good. I, I just wanted to like cut in there because I find that really, really interesting to be like, you, you say interacting with the world. And in my head, I'm like, like well, what, what does it mean? Like, what does that mean? Interacting with the world. It's like, okay, so you're an agent and something happens in the external environment. And through your percepts, you process that in your brain and then you have an interaction and then you can choose what sort of behavior you want to have based on that interaction. And to me, that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound special. Like, like what's special about being able to interact with, with the universe? Like I'm just a bit lost. So it's multiple factors to it. One is that we don't interact with the world um, just as a bystander, just as a, an interesting curiosity, if you like. We interact with the world to actually survive. So we're actually looking for, and our brains have evolved over a long time, to, to look for things that are actually going to sustain us, look for things that we, we, we like, and look for things that are going to improve 
our homeostasis or, or at least maintain our homeostasis at this moment in time. A computer doesn't need to be doing all of that stuff all the time because there is no, you know, n- none of that necessary in its environment. And so our brains aren't set up to just solve problems. Yeah, our brains are set up to maintain our homeostasis and to help us to survive, whereas a computer is programmed to solve problems or to solve solution, make solutions to to both, which is a completely different way of mm. yeah, responding to the world. And so those two things are, don't you need that extra which which is involved with where, where you get you know, emotions and you get all these all, all these other complicated things involved to actually do that. I can't imagine a computer, you know, choosing between to you know, feeling disgust over you know some food that's put in front of them because it was off, for example. Whereas we need to be able to do that, and that's part of our everyday life, very automatic and part of that. Whereas computers and robots are never gonna mm. need to do that because even if they had that food close to them or whatever, it's not going to kill them, right? And so therefore, there isn't that. And maybe you can program that into a computer. Maybe you can create a computer. Uh, 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 but then you'd have to go to robot stage, right? Because you also need the the yeah. the, the touch and the sight and the sound and the feel and all of those things. And and, and maybe you can. I don't know. Um, but it seems a lot more complicated than what we've currently got, where mm. where where the programs can do one thing or another thing, and that's that's all I can do. I think there's actually two sort of conversations, at least two. There's many more than two conversations. <laughs> there's many, of, many conversations. <laughs> there's many, many conversations. <laughs> but there's these two right here, one in each hand. And um, and one is kind of like, okay, what is the state of artificial intelligence now? And what's what are its limitations? And what might be the secret sauce to pushing it to the next level, right? One of those secret sauces, for example, might be this embodiment or this interacting with the environment style thing. And that's all cool. I think there's a lot of very interesting thoughts about what current limits uh, are and, and where they're coming from. And it's not my field of research. I sort of ride on the backs of the people that come up with the cool systems and then I apply those systems in my life, right? Um, so I don't have very many thoughts there. I'm aware of the thinkers. And I think they're all very cool ideas and, and that's fine. Um, I think that the, the that's to me, that's kind of like the the in the weeds of AI conversation. Uh, where are we? What can we do with it? And, and, and that's fine. And we're not likely to really, it's a fun conversation, but you and I aren't likely to disagree on anything <laughs> really there. Um, the other conversation that I think we might have some potential to disagree on is like putting aside silicon, putting aside transistors, putting aside zeros and ones. Like imagine you can, I'm giving you the liberty I want you to imagine that you have all the computational flexibility and power that the universe has to offer. Right? Just a quantum computer, you got it. You want a thousand of them, you have it. You want faster than light travel through warm wormholes, you can have it. Just have whatever you want, right? Um, given that degree of control and engineering uh, specificity, can smart people make systems that have artificial general intelligence? Or I just really want to get to the heart of this. Like, are is there something special about our meat? We're made of meat, and that's special. 
And that means that we're always going to be kind of a thing that the, the other things aren't. I mean, you can even take this to the extreme degree and be like, okay, well, if I give you all of this, all of this engineering power as a thought experiment, you might just say, cool, well, I'm just going to replicate you. I'm going to make a computer out of meat. People have already done this, right? We've built transistors, we've grown transistors and petri dishes, right? So we can, we can do that times a million and come up with a human brain, right? Will that thing have AGI or is there something intrinsically impostery about that scenario as well? That's what I'm really trying to suss, suss out here. Because to me, there's nothing special about our meat whatsoever. And there's just no ground to stand on where that's a reasonable position, unless you're religious. If you are religious, then 100% that's completely understandable. That's a set of beliefs that I think is consistent with the idea that we're special. But if you if you don't think that, and I happen to not think that, then I don't I don't understand how I can stand and view anything other than if we survive long enough, it's inevitable that there'll be these these general intelligences. Yeah, I, I think if you could take what you've created <laughs> and then put that into a into a, a cyborg <laughs> that has all the senses that we have and can interact with the world and needs to survive. That is, that there's programmed into it that it needs to take in water and needs to take in air and it needs to, then yeah, I think you probably could. Um, but without that, then, you know, a baby, when, when a baby's born, that then they don't have intelligence, right? So the, the basic building blocks are there. But it's not until they start interacting with the world that they actually become intelligent. And we, we know that, you know, even up until 25, 26, you're still gaining, yeah, more and more. And even after that, right, we, we're constantly changing. And so, yeah, I think, yes, if you could do that, if you could get whatever that is eventually and then yeah. stick that into some sort of cyborg that had all our senses and all the rest, which I'm sure you probably one day will be able to create something which has skin and senses and eyes and ears and nose and tongues and all the rest, taste buds and smell, then yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, but I'm not sure we, we need to. <laughs> I think that would be a waste of a lot of resources and a lot of time. And I think what we should be doing is going, hang on, where are we, where, where aren't we good? What aren't we good at? Let's, let's create things that do that so that we can control them. And we can create a better world, uh, rather than let's try and create another one of us, which is just one that we've built. Rather than, and I think it's almost like we're trying to play God, right? That we're actually trying to create uh, versions of ourselves so that we can feel as though we, we, we're, we're God almost. Um, and again, I'm not religious, but I, I don't understand why we're trying to create something which is like us instead of creating stuff that's going to help us. Because mm -hmm. if it's like us, then it's got all the faults that are like us as well, right? And so, mm -hmm. yeah, so yeah, that, that's that's where I would end. But yes, I agree. If, if we yeah. can do that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. see any reason why not. But I think it would need yeah. to be, you know, in, in something that is interactive with the world and has senses. Yeah. Um, so, Matt, so for, first, I'd want to ask Simon. Sorry, sorry, how old are you, Simon? <laughs> <laughs> when are, Mark are said fully, that, I was like, <laughs> Mark, "Come on, you I'm know the prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed until you're 25. You all yeah, know that. You're uh, all done first year." I feel slightly offended, but 
<laughs> I'm still waiting for mine. That some of us are late bloomers, so any, any day I'm now, still waiting for mine. I'm still uh, neuroplasticity continues to go. I'm still. That's why I continue to read books. That's, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, we're not getting more intelligent, right? Look, look, my all the time. My 22 year old brain is gonna like. Sorry, guys, I'm underdeveloped, but I'm gonna try try to say something. Um, Matt, I, I want to like break wide this conversation, and we might get a bit lost from AI stuff, but just like bear with me. Um, <laughs> we were talking, we were talking with Matt. I was talking about um, suffering. I don't, do you remember Matt? We, we had this chat about suffering and about like, we're talking about what makes human beings unique, you know, and this might get a bit philosophical, but, but the conversation is what makes human beings unique. And, you know, one of my favorite authors, Yuval Noah Harari, his, the reason he says that we're unique is humans suffer. We have suffering and nations, nations don't suffer. Therefore, therefore they are not an entity. They're not an agent, you know, like corporations cannot suffer. They go bankrupt. If they commit a felony or a crime, they, they just go bankrupt. So I think how important do you agree with this thing? Like Matt, do, how important do you think suffering is? And if an AI if we can replicate suffering, if we can distill and synthesize suffering and an AI can suffer, then should these new AI agents encompass human morality as well? Um, that's a very broadly phrased question, my friend. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, well, uh, Havari is a, um, is a Vipassana meditator. Uh, and so I'm curious if what he means by suffering in this context, like, does he mean like suffering in the Buddhist sense or does he just mean like pain aversion? Do you have any, can you clarify? I don't know his work that well. Okay, just can, can, well can you, can you clarify um, the difference, the Buddhist sense and the pain aversion sense? And I'll see which one I think is closer to what he says. Well, pain aversion is quite straightforward, right? You're just like, here's an, there's an aversive thing and you just, ouch, the iron is hot. Don't put your hand on it kind of deal. Mm -hmm. um and i think the buddhist sense is it actually encompasses that i think it works pretty well but i think it's also a little it's more spooky right so suffering can actually come from clinging too much to a very pleasant experience for example right? like oh this is really nice and you think that it, the world is an amazing place but like a buddhist might be like you're actually suffering right now because you're lost you're identified with having this thing and being this this thing and they would ask you to entertain the idea that by being, you know, having no attachments in some non-depressing mm. sense, um, there's actually greater liberty to be had there. But um, mm. yeah, I, I don't know. How does that yeah, I think I think um, definitely the second the second explanation. I think it's like I think I'm curious, Mark and Matt, and even Maz, what you guys think about this this link that I'm trying to make between like stories so the idea of a nation is, is constructed like like we are told that nations can suffer like my nation is in pain right now you know my nation is being attacked my nation is doing really good like gdp is high whatever but that belief the, the idea that we construe human-like features to a story i feel like it's very similar to the potential of us construing human-like features to a computer and to me, there's like a link there. So I feel like if we talk about one, maybe it correlates to the other. But anyone just raise your hands if you have any strong opinions about this. 
No strong opinion. I have no strong opinion about it. No. But I mean, I do I do think there's another way of, of maybe maybe there's a starting point that's a little more provocative of opinions, mm. right? Mm. Which is just, you know, like presumably you think that there's something that it's like to be you. You think that you're a person, you have feelings and you want people to treat you nice. Right. And yeah. I'm guessing that you're willing to extend that to me. I look enough like you to think, okay, well, I probably have thoughts and feelings similar to yours and therefore you should be nice to me because you want to, you know, you know that that's a nice thing. Yeah. But as things get more and more different from us, people's intuitions diverge, right? Like I think that, you know, I, I grew up knowing people, primarily parents who, um, not my parents specifically, but just people of that generation that would yeah. just be like, nah, like we eat cows because they're dumb. They don't have it. It's something that it's like to be a cow, you know? And now I don't think that's so common. Now everyone's like, no, I think basically any living thing has some degree of consciousness and they, we shouldn't be mean to those things. We should be nice to those things. And so I think by analogy, you go, okay, well, at what point do you start to exercise? We should be nice to the AIs because maybe there's something that it's like to be them. And I sort of opened the conversation and I think Mark and I both think ChatGPT maybe isn't quite there yet, but I have to admit, like, I'm nice to my truck, right? Like I drive my car around when I park it. I'm like, thanks car. I give it a pat. I give it a pat on the wheel and move on. Right. And so I'm, I'm polite to chat GPT. I'm not a dick to it. Right. I'm like, thanks so much. I appreciate your help. And that was very useful. I'll see you next time. You know, it's like that kind of interaction. That seems a little ridiculous, but um, for those of you who enjoy television series and TV shows and things like this is essentially the question being explored by the TV show Westworld. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm quite liberal with my with my willingness to believe that there's something that it's like to be a thing. I'm very, very giving with that. I don't have a high bar. Like to me, I'm nice to chickens, to ants, to bugs. I apologize to mosquitoes when I kill them. Mm. But you still kill them. Well, you know, I think that it, ultimately I value my life more than I value theirs. I value my well-being more than I... There is always this computation that occurs and I eat meat as well. I'm an avid meat eater. Right. So I, I don't think that that, that we're going to go down a whole different conversation very quickly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that doesn't mean that there's an it doesn't this doesn't precipitate decision making in a simple, easy way. But I, I do think that people are likely to have different intuitions for how conscious various things are. There are people in the world that think that tables are conscious, atoms are conscious, that every subatomic particle in the universe, every fundamental that consciousness is in fact a building block of the universe just like mass and charge and spin and all the rest that that's called panpsychism um and i don't know like i how could i possibly have a view about what's right like, yeah, I, don't yeah. To, I don't know how to do that but i do think mm -hmm. that i'm willing i personally feel quite willing to to view things as having as a, a conscious experience mm. look I, I had a question i had a question for mark but before i get to mark i want to say maz can you have a crack at it? Can you try? I know this is a stupid question. Can you try and define consciousness for us? Like, what do you think consciousness is? And then I'll I'll take it over to Mark, just just in case we've lost people at this stage. Well, actually, like something that uh, Matt was just talking about, it's like what it's like to be something. That's actually one of the ways that people usually define consciousness. It's like it's like something to be lit. Like it has an experience. It has experiential components. There's experiencing. It's like 
something to experience it. So like there's it's like it's like something to be Sammy. Like being like being like you, you have it, you have your experience and you can experience mm-hmm. that. So things that can have that experience unique to them, like it's like this cow to be like right now, if you were this cow, it's got experience. It, 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 it's experiencing something inside itself, whatever it is. Mm. If if there is that subjective experience contained within something, that thing has consciousness. That's mm. one definition that I was just listening to the other day in one of Sam Harris's uh, podcasts. And I was like, oh, that's, that's actually quite interesting. It's simple, but it captures it. For me, at least, it captures it because, like, if it's if you can give it an experience, and if you can imagine that it's having an experience, then it's likely to have consciousness. Mm, wow! No, I think that's great. That, that, that's that's a good starting point. And my question to you, Mark, is: I feel like the feeling I was getting from you in the beginning of our talk was you said that yeah, maybe we could replicate AI, maybe we could reach AGI, but why should we, you know, and that there are better ways to use our resources. But kind of my question to you is you have this opinion and let's just say you live for another like 150 years, touch wood. <laughs> and no, no, I don't want to live that long. <laughs> <laughs> so, Once so I you can't surf. But I think my, my point is once you get to that stage, you as as an academic you as as a, a, um let's just say a good person yeah i'll say you're a good person you get that thank you what 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 would you what would you do how do you think we should treat these agis like if we do reach agis and if if like we do create something that does have consciousness then this is just oh, like a purely ethical question see, how would you treat it how would you treat it like do you think it should be treated the same as a human or do you think it's something special about us humans or do you think it's just a fake? Do you think they're just, would you be paranoid and never actually trust that the AI is actually conscious and you think it's all like a game and it's all tricking us? No, it's, uh, I, I was, I've always been a huge fan of Asimov um, and, you know, iRobot and all the rest of it. And so I, I yeah, I, I, I can't, I, yeah, it's, it's such a hard, hard <laughs> question to ask because I don't, I think if we get to that point, then we, we've got to treat them as we treat ourselves because they have then they have consciousness right or they have yeah they have their sentient beings that um should have their their own their own rights and it shouldn't be as as you know there shouldn't be the four rules right because that puts us above them and that's the same as putting us above animals or anything or like that right it's it'd be the same as if an alien species came down to earth um we'd need to treat it equally to ourselves um yeah mm. and so yeah I, no, can, I, can i jump off there like that that's i feel like there's a tasty morsel here that i really like right yeah. and the tasty morsel is like first of all spot on well said fully agree but like this idea of current ai's being an imposter mm. that's a really sticky situation because imagine the next generation they're even better and there's gonna we're always i don't understand where the argument that the artificial system that we've created is merely imposturing a subset of intelligent behaviors and they're not ours yet and so they can't be conscious they're not deserving of rights or, or niceties or whatever 
Because if I weren't a person and some inwards, I can I could apply that to him. I'm like, dude, I, I could literally apply that to every other sentient being. In the, I don't view anything as sentient. I am sentient because I know that I have experience and screw all you guys. I don't understand how we're ever going to draw the line. It seems like so difficult. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Did I say that in, yeah. in words? Yeah, no, no, no. I get Yeah. yeah. We do, when are we going to know when we cross that boundary? And so, therefore, all of a sudden, they have rights. But it's probably no difference to um, uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, right? We didn't give them a vote until the last, what was it? How many years ago? It was ridiculous, you know, um, how long they weren't actually citizens of this country. Um, and so there probably will be a period where, <laughs> of course, yeah, it's crystal ball, right? But there might be a period where they are sentient beings and we treat them as second-class citizens for a while. It's pretty, yeah, it's happened a, long, a lot in our history um, and probably will continue to happen. Um, yeah. I suppose when we get to that point, we're going to have to stop calling them artificial intelligence, all right, because artificial actually means fake or, or not real. So... At that point, we'll actually have to call them intelligence rather than artificial intelligence mm. because artificial, by definition, means it's not real. Um, so I suppose they become sentient beings when we stop calling them AI. Mm. Wow. Or when I they think... stop calling themselves that. <laughs> it, 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 I'll let some in, man. You can weigh the merit of this question in your, <laughs> in your, in your still developing wisdoms. Um, I'm quite, you know, in this, like, why create something like us? Like, that's a very, that's a cool question, right? I've never really, well, I don't know. I haven't thought deeply about it, that's for sure. But one of the things that I hear a lot in this space is the idea that it's not, it's sort of like us, right? But that it's going to be like us if we could make time pass really, really, really slowly. So, like, a second for an AI that's like us is going to be like a thousand years for us. And so you think of the technological progress and insights and et cetera, how much we've changed in, in a huge span of time. This is the kind of change you could expect these artificial systems to make in seconds and minutes. And I'm, I guess I'd be curious to know if that changes, changes your view of, of the merit of, you know, making these AGIs kind of human. Or does it like just make you, it scarier? <laughs> You're like, we should stop doing that. It's too scary. Wait, can you rephrase that? Like, um, I still don't think I completely yeah. understood what you said. Okay, so if we make an AI human, right? Just, just imagine that I, I was able to make you, right? And think about how much you've learned in four years. Like, are are you how different are you today than you were four years ago? Oh, completely, com completely different. Yeah, completely different, right? So an AI system is gonna have is gonna have all the same processing rule. I'm asking you to consider a thought experiment where an AI system has all the same kinds of processing tendencies and rules as you but for it you know four seconds is the equivalent of your four years uh. so they exist they exist on a very different time scale than us and uh, i find that interesting and i guess one place that i would expect mark to go here is the idea of being embodied and interacting with the environment right like it doesn't matter if you think four thousand times faster than us if your actions still take place in in our time, but um, yeah, I'm just curious how that sits with you, and if there's some some jewel to expose. 
Yeah, I think uh, the thing that would worry me about that is that you de- then don't experience these thoughts to then refine them. I mean, the beautiful thing about us as humans is we try stuff and then we slowly work out what's wrong with what we've tried and we then refine it and make it better based on the interactions, right? I mean, we've we've come up with a whole bunch of different things. Uh, cars are a great example, right? We, we first started using cars and some of us started driving cars and then we realised we needed to have rules around cars and we need to have licenses and make sure people drove them properly and we needed roads and we need whereas if if it's a biological if it's sorry it's a computer that isn't actually interacting with the world and it isn't testing how this actually all happens it could go off on many many different tangents that are really not good <laughs> and, and doesn't solve problems it creates just just creates a lot of problems i mean the, the technology you know phones at the moment you know are causing huge problems for a lot of people but we're going through the process now of realizing what those problems are and solving those hopefully solving those problems over the next few years so that they're actually used in a positive way so everyone gets better but if if that was just a, a snapshot like a millisecond in a computer's sort process it would have already gone on and, and I don't know, you know, created whatever the next thing is without actually solving all the problems associated with that new technology. And I think we as humans need time to interact with whatever the new technology or the new thing is so that we can actually solve and make it so that it is good for us as a society rather than... And so I don't see the benefit in that. I do see the benefit in creating something new that can do shit that we can't do. Um, and so, therefore, can can do but do that stuff. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. Matt. I just had a I had a response to your question as well as to like why should we? And and I think I really like Mark's response, like his idea that we should just do something else, something cooler. Um, yeah. But my I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of an existentialist. I'm always just like I personally don't think there's anything special about humans. I kind of I think we, the reason I'm somewhat deterred by like religious thinking is I feel like we just glorify ourselves. We're a species that just loves ourselves so much. (laughs) And I, like when it comes to these sorts of conversations, I just think even our pursuit of replicating AI, making AI like humans is just because we're just narcissists. We're we're, our species, we're just narcissists. And (laughs) And I don't think any good any good can come out of it. And I think the, the at the end of the day, when we do replicate it, 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 I I personally think it's just for our own satisfaction. It's kind of like a it's kind of like we've become so prosperous as a human species that we're just like we've got nothing else to do. <laughs> May as well make ourselves and just stare at ourselves and just li- like just live in that. There's no function, like what Mark said. There's no actual benefit to society per se and let's face it there's more fun ways to create another human than creating AI. <laughs> so why not go down that road? <laughs> well that's yeah that's a very very good line that's a hard line to follow for sure oh my god <laughs> sorry i had to try that now. i hope no one's offended yeah. by that <laughs> no i love that that's that's great i love that um yeah, i guess i i kind of i think i I think I really disagree with this idea. I think oh. that, um, I think that 
if you if you are willing to buy the view that you are very different today than you were four years ago, and that an AI can make those changes in itself in four seconds, then creating a, an exact human but giving it an, a speed advantage in how it adapts and evolves is more or less equivalent to making a different thing because we're becoming different things all the time. So if they just do that faster, I guess I struggle to see the difference. Like I think it's going to lead to different different is going to lead to differences kind of inevitably. Um, not to say that I don't. On the other hand, I guess let me push back against myself for a second, right? So on the other hand, I do think that like um, if we were to attempt to engineer artificial systems that didn't that weren't indistinguishable, indistinguishable from humans per se, but were indistinguishable from squids or octopus or whatever. I think that that could probably lead to some different roads, but I just think that it's a long, once you give an artificial system, any system, the ability to change, right? If you make that an intrinsic part of itself, then, and then you give it like a 10 times, hundred times, thousand times, a million times speed advantage in how it makes those changes. Um, I feel like it's just, you know, it's off to the unpredictable races. I just, I don't see how, I think that's very interesting, right? That you want to make a human, you want it, but you want it to be different than a human. Great. Just make a human adapt a thousand times faster than you. You won't recognize yourself in a thousand years, right? Mm. That's what I think. Yeah. But do you think the human today is different to the human was 2000 years ago? Do you think we're more intelligent today than say Plato? Can you help me understand what you mean by intelligence in this thought experiment? So, well, from, from what I gather, what you're saying is that if we're able to create an artificial intelligent being, that's computer, then it, over many, over a short period of time, would be the same as as us over a very long period of time. Yeah. So within a week, you'd have something that. Took, has taken us thousands of years to get to. Mm. Yeah. But then we, as, as human beings, have been evolving over the last mm. couple of thousand years, right? Or millions of years, in fact. But yeah. our intelligence hasn't actually changed over that period of time, mm. right? We're just as intelligent now as we were 2,000 years ago. And so, so suppose that... Yeah. Why is yeah. it... Yeah, why, why is it the assumption that a computer over a thousand years, in a short period of time, right, would make bigger leaps than what we've already made? It's not. There is actually. I'm not making that assumption. I'm just. I'm just okay. pointing out that there's been a lot of progress that's been made in a thousand years. A lot of progress. We know a lot more than we knew a thousand years ago. We got way cooler technology than we had a thousand years ago, right? Shit's totally different, right? And if uh, AI can do that in four days, well, you know. So that's it's all, not the intelligence. It's not. It's not the intelligence itself. It's just the shit that it comes up with. Processing speed. Processing speed. It, I'm, right, not, I'm not positing. Yeah, go ahead. So sorry. There's two. There's two aspects to that. So it could be that the actual intelligence level of that thing is getting much, much greater, or that thing is just coming up with lots and lots and lots of ideas, and lots and lots and lots of new concepts and ideas and things. Which add, which are uh, separate to it itself. Are you saying that it's going to become more intelligent, or it's going to come up with lots of stuff that it's? Because I mean, our intelligence hasn't changed over the last two thousand years. What's changed is the stuff we've got to play with. 
based on all the discoveries we've made. You know, I, I understand, I think, the the position where a person could say that we haven't become more intelligent in a thousand years. I mean, I think what you're pointing out is that the basic biology that you're dealing with is as capable of learning new things as, you know, today, as it was roughly speaking, as a thousand years ago. And I, I find that very plausible. In fact, I give this sales pitch to my undergrads all the time because the way I teach units is very light on the content. I don't say here's a lot of content to learn. I say here are some very difficult ideas that will help you learn new content in the future. And uh, that's sort of how I choose to, to view things. And so I think that we're very well aligned that way. But at the same time, I think that it would be clearly you must agree that we have, our technology is very different than a thousand years ago. Our understanding of mathematics has advanced profoundly. Our physical engineering has advanced profoundly. You know, and if you, that's all I'm really pointing out is that that process, if it were being carried out by a, a population of artificial systems that thought much much faster than us, then a decision that took us a day to reach, they could reach in a in a fraction of a moment. That's all I really mean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, sorry you. guys, I, I just had a, I, I have a question for Matt. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think based on what you're, what you're positing, based on what you're saying is like, okay, let's just say these AI can make so much progress. And, and I think you guys are kind of, you guys are like talking about technological progress, but what about, mm. um, social justice progress? You know, what about they just become so much more um ethically profound and they just understand like they're just advanced like next level like like ethically and i guess do you think then you know like like thinking from a very very like primal perspective then they are on top of the food chain and then we become like the chimpanzees they get tested on yeah i, mean, I think that this is um i mean this is basically the concern under the banner of uh, the alignment problem. If you ever hear somebody in the AI space talk about alignment, this is pretty much what they're referring to, right? Is like, if we create systems that think so much better, not better than us, as Mark would point out, necessarily, maybe better than us, we make the octopus version, but, you know, faster than us. <laughs> That's then, why we've got to make the octopus version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, then, you know, we become we become the ants, right? And when I, like I just mentioned the, at, earlier in the conversation that like, I think all things, I'm very willing to ascribe value and conscious experience to, to everything, my car, for instance, I'm like nice to my car, it's absurd. But I still smash mosquitoes if they're gonna bite me. I'm like, fuck you, I'm gonna kill you, right? So if we become a mosquito or we just become even an ant, I don't mind ants, I'll let them be, but I squish them by accident sometimes. So I think that's a concern if we make AIs that think faster than us and have more power than us in that sense, then we could sort of hurt ourselves in the process. I think that's the concern there. I have that concern. I think that's a totally reasonable concern. And, and I think my, my net, like bringing it to Mark is like, Mark, do you think that like, based on your understanding of human cognition or just human beings, do you think, can we distill it down to that and say, it is our ability to come up with lots of ideas quite quickly that makes us superior to other species uh no i don't like to not at all I, I i think it's um i think it's our ability to communicate and to collaborate which is actually got us to where we are now 
I think it's the fact that we work together um, and that we've we've come up with ways of communicating which are more sophisticated than any other animal, which means that when then we can pass on that knowledge to each other and to the next generation, next generation. So that information gets has been passed on and passed on and passed on so that our technology and everything could get more and more sophisticated. I don't think it's got anything to do. I think, you know, there are probably octopuses and 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 um, whales are probably are as far as intelligence is concerned, they probably are more intelligent than us. But we have this amazing ability to, to hold the information and then give it to someone else and to give it to the next generation so that they don't start from zero each time or close mm-hmm. to zero each time. And that's how we've ended up being the alpha species. And that's through connection and, and hence the book I wrote right now. Yeah, look, <laughs> that's look, true, yeah. this ability to collaborate. I think I, I want to push back a little bit with, from that idea because to me, yeah. like you're saying, the benefit of social connection is kind of the the like cumulative nature of information and knowledge, like per se, is yep. that correct? Yeah. Yep. And okay. So like if we just speed up, like based on Matt's example, if, if AI's um, cumulative nature of knowledge and information, what takes us many, many generations, because we're just dumb humans that are so slow, we need to wait for the next generation to build upon our ideas. And if, if we just increase the speed and AI can do that in four minutes, then what's so special about human connection? It's just, it, it's no longer necessary because it's just so quick. Yeah, but I think the problem there is that it would be too quick. I think it's already too quick. I think we already have stuff today that we don't actually have a good handle on. And so we need to try it and give it a go um, and then work out what we're doing wrong so that we don't screw everything up. I mean, mm. look at climate change and everything that's happening now. Um, oh. And if if you had a system where we weren't constantly testing these things and making sure they're okay and, they're, and then refining them based on when we go, oh, shit, there's too much carbon in the air and we're screwing things up, mm. or, yeah, we're going to really screw things up really badly because we're not constantly refining that. And I, I think, uh, well, it's, we we are progressing already at too fast a rate and I don't think I want us to progress any faster at this stage. And I think it would be a little scary if we were jumping ahead centuries in our technology without testing that technology and making sure that it's actually good for us. Um, and I think there could be people in the world who would use that in, in a way that would benefit them and not the rest of the world. Um, mm. So I, that would scare me. That would scare me a lot more than this idea that AI is going to take over the world. I think what would scare me is that you'll get one or two people who have access to something that is is going to yeah, benefit them and not mm. everyone. Yeah, I, I actually, I think I love that explanation. And and I, I had this really cool idea. I, I want you to kind of like fact check what I'm about to say. But it's like, if we were to create a simulation, all right, so like, you know, we create this mini world and we, we have this, we have the power to make little humans and these little humans have super fast um, speed. Like what Matt we just said. Do. It's called Lego. Isn't it Lego? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, sorry. No, sorry. Lego with consciousness. Like, so yeah, Lego with yeah. consciousness. <laughs> and so what you're suggesting though, is, is that by increasing the time, they will just, create armageddon on themselves so like mm-hmm. like like matt said that yeah what we do in 400 years they can do in four minutes then it's like literally 
count to like eight minutes and they've just extinguished themselves and they're gone and they no longer exist. Is that kind of what you're getting at? It's Either that or you you could have, you could have, and, and it's all thought experiments, right? But you could have one or two people or one small group of people who get access to that information and then use it for their benefit and everybody else is enslaved to them through some sort of process, whatever, you know, it's a thought experiment, of course, but I think that that concerns me more than Armageddon, that mm. we would have one, maybe a nation, maybe, you know, a certain individuals with a lot of money. I mean, the way that we're currently being manipulated by social media, for example, right, that's something we need to get back and take stock of. Um, and I think if we, if, if someone could jump, 2,000, 3,000 years into the future with the technology and go, hey, this is what I'm going to use. And, and all of a sudden, the rest of us are in the matrix and don't realise it or whatever. Um, mm. that would, that's what's scary to me. Yeah, but like, do you think, do you think there's something innate? And may, maybe this is too hard of a question to answer, but do you think there's something innate in our um, biomechanics as humans that makes us more likely to like, lean towards prejudice i don't know if i phrased that question right but it's like we we all agree that even in some sort of simulation there's still going to be there's still going to be like these in in group and out group like that's what you talk about in your book there's still going to be some division yeah. and do you think that's just something innate about us and we just got to deal with it and and wait, what are your comments what do you think um i hope not i think i think it, uh, humans are born social and they're born wanting to help. I think we're, we're born as, as positive, very egalitarian beings. And I think that we're taught to be, um, to be scared <laughs> basically of other others. And I think that's really sad. Um, so I'm hoping that at some stage we can start raising kids who who are completely egalitarian and, and believe in just in our primitive side, which is to be you know to help each other. Um, the, I think the problem is now that there's limited resources, and I think as soon as you get a situation where there's limited resources. You then can get easily get a fear culture um, establishing, and and therefore one group's going to want to make sure that they have more of those resources than another group. And I think if we could share those resources more fairly, um, I think we wouldn't have that issue. Um, but until we get to a point where we can do that, I, I'd be a little concerned having anything that could give give one group you know, uh, uh, the benefit of a couple of thousand years of, of technology <laughs> mm. without having everybody having access to that. Mm. No, I think, I think that's a good, yeah. I was going to put it on to Matt, Matt and Maz. What do you guys think? Um, I think that like the, the near term problem, right. The near term fear of sort of inequity and in technology and that deepening the divide between us and making things, you know, making the the money have more money and the not money have not more not money. I think that's um, definitely, it seems like a big problem to me. And I think that it's easy to grasp, right? Because many of, many of you out in the undergraduate world 
have become quite fond of ChatGPT, right? And you could just imagine how your peers would feel if that was only available to a subset of you, right? Mm -hmm. If ChatGPT costs money and not all of you had the money to pay for it, right? There you go. That doesn't seem that alone is going to lead to different outcomes in your education, and that's going to carry on down, carry on down the line, right? And I think we come like many of our many of our institutions and cultures are clearly. It's very difficult to transcend socioeconomic class. It's just you're sort of born into a place, and most of us stay there. Um, and I think that this could potentially just make that more of a thing, and that would suck. That would suck. I hope we don't do that, but mm. certainly. Certainly seems like it could happen. See, and honestly, yeah. like I'm a little pessimistic in this regard. I think it's almost, it seems pretty inevitable that this should happen, actually. But you never know. I'd love to be wrong about this. You know, I, I, hopefully there's some rosy AI liberation and everyone everyone gets everything. That'd be great. There's so yeah. much research, be, right? Now. Like, let's let's suppose that these AI systems, we get good enough at making tools, even if they're imposters of just various tools, but they're so useful that we end up producing such an enormous quantity of nice things for everyone to have that everyone's like, you know what? Like, I've got enough. You have some, right? That could happen. Maybe. <laughs> a little skeptical, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that, that would be, nice. be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. I think, I think uh, th that's, that's pessimism. <laughs> Mark, Mark hasn't spent enough time with me, but like, I'm always like, I'll be the skeptic and the pessimist and the realist. And the ones with rosy glasses can can figure that shit out. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> but but yeah, I agree with you. And I think the last thing I wanted to say is like Maz, um, I think this, I like where the conversations come, and I'm happy if if our speakers have like ten minutes to do like a quick Q and A. I don't know if anyone else has questions, but before we open that up, is there anything you want to say, Maz? Like last remarks to the speakers. Actually, there was something that came up. So when Mark was talking, Mark briefly just mentioned Plato. And I was just thinking, you know, what did what did they have back then that we don't have? I know what this, they this had. This is going to sound very <laughs> controversial. They had, they had slaves, right? They had slaves. Oh, no, that, that's not what I meant. They were doing, they were doing all of the, a lot of the, the things that they needed to do. So they didn't have to do those stuff. They could just, they had more time to be a scholar as in their whole purpose was to just discuss and debate knowledge and grow knowledge right so they because a lot of their needs was taken care of through the slaves i don't agree with but if we did have <laughs> um ai that can do those things then it would free up more cognitive space for us humans to to progress in that way. I don't know. That was just something that came up in my mind. I was just thinking about it. I don't know what you guys think. But yeah, I mean, you're right. Back then, they did have slaves, and it wasn't utopian society at all. These people were extremely privileged too, uh, and they they you know treated a lot of people really badly to enable them to do that. And I suppose that's. What my concern is, is that we will just end up in a more extreme version of that, where there'll be a couple of people who, who have access to this amazing technology and then everyone else is slaves to them and does what they're told. Um, yeah. It would be, what what I think would be awesome is if we could create a whole bunch of, you know, robots that can you know, produce food for us and produce water for us and get rid of the 
you know, carbon out of the atmosphere and all of those things is what I would like us to be spending money and, and time and thinking on rather than just trying to produce another one of us because there's too many of us anyway, right? Um, and so those things would be awesome because then we would have more than enough resources for all of us to, to live great lives and we wouldn't have to fight over small areas of territory like we've got at the moment or have wars over thing and all the rest of the crap that goes on in society at the moment um and so that's yeah where 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 i think and it would be awesome to develop you know to, and i know there's people working on those things which is great um but i think that's a more valuable way of going with this and maybe an octopus that can you know can think really well and can go through and get rid of the the um what are they the, the those starfish or whatever they are that are killing the reefs and all these things, right? I mean, there's all these different things that are happening in our world and if we could get use technology to get rid of that and improve that and make us all feel better about life um, and give us lots of resources so we don't have to compete for it, then that would be, be a utopian society, right? Maybe we'd get to a point where nobody would, be, would care and we'd all just share everything. Here's why. Here's why, like, I don't, I'm not sure if I think this or not, but just for fun. Here's why <laughs> Mark should actually be the greatest champion of human-like AGI. That's where our efforts should be to reach Mark's dreams. And the way that I get there, this is I'm really gonna really gonna have to twist things around. How are you gonna get there? <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a great way to end, I reckon. To <laughs> um, the, the way that you might kind of like fold his aspirations into a, a human like AGI is to is to notice that humans are very good at solving these problems and what we need is time to solve them and people to solve them. So I don't think we have too many. I think we have too few and we don't have the resources to sustain them. That's the only perspective through which there aren't there are too many of us. If we had the resources to sustain them, which would be fairly trivial if they were AIs. Right, and then they they could think faster than us. And there'd be more of them. Then climate change, evil reef starfish, like the whole deal. Right, they could they would come up with our solutions much faster than us. So that's kind of like the the way that I, that is worthwhile innovating and inventing human like AGI because you just if you think humans are awesome or capable of awesome things, then you know you want more awesome things faster. That's the sales pitch. But one idea that I haven't managed to like find the right pillar of conversation to, to slip this in but it's i've really got a lot from this this interacting with the environment comment that you made mark and what it inspires is this it's so obvious it's embarrassing and that wasn't more obvious to me in the first place but like it's this idea that it's that it's not obvious that thinking fast is a good thing right that there's an alignment there's sort of like you want to think in line with your environment you want to be in tune with it. That's the correct. If you think too fast, this is something you made this point earlier. You think too fast and you're actually just going to crash and burn, right? Hmm. Think too slow, you're going to get eaten by alligators, right? So there's some sweet spot where you avoid the alligators and you don't die of climate change right away, right? That's an interesting idea. And I don't know that it's obviously true. I think there are scenarios where it's quite, it seems quite obviously true. But from an AI's point of view, I wonder, I wonder. I wonder if it if it really was evaluating the outcome of its decisions, but just a bazillion times faster than us. It's not so obvious to me how that pans out, but I'm quite inspired to think more about it. So I, I thank you for that. Yeah, that's cool. I, I, yeah, 
maybe if you can come up with a way that the AI can run scenarios. Right. Well, that, I'm a model. That, right? very I, this is my job. Scenario. Yeah, this is my job <laughs> is to build little universes and computers and then simulate them because doing the actual experiment is invasive or it's not safe for humans or whatever, right? So I can do a lot of unsafe experiments in a computer simulation and it's safe and it's fast and it's efficient, right? So I guess I'm coming, my prior experience is this is one of getting value from modeling physical systems as opposed to interacting with them directly. Um, but yeah, clearly those go super astray, right? If you have a model of a physical environment that is like off in some fundamental way, you're like, I figured it out. And then you, you know, that, that, that could be bad quite clearly, right? So anyway. Mm, no, I love that. I love cool. that guys. I think the, like the way I want to, I want to wrap this conversation up is, is when Maz said, what did Plato have? The thing that, and then he said slaves, but before he said slaves, the thing that came to my mind was Plato was tripping on acid. I just want to put that out there. And it's like, can it, can we create an AI that trips on psychedelics? I don't know. I'm just going to leave that for the viewers. <laughs> That's a rhetorical question. Food for um, thought. <laughs> food for thought. I would well we at least we know like if we create AIs and they start you know being kind of mean to us, we'd be like, we gotta give these AIs LSD. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That'll turn them in that'll turn them into nice AIs. (laughs) Keep the AIs. That's it. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, that, that's a whole nother. Obviously, oh, I, I thought you meant give him a bad trip so that they they suffer. Oh, oh, yeah. no! All Mark, sudden, octopuses are attacking them. Haven't you heard? Like, I think I think this is what's common in the hippie community. They say there is no such thing as a bad trip. Every trip is like there's a meaning. There's a meaning within it. <laughs> that's not true. I can, can attest to the fact there's bad trips. <laughs> Oh, kids out there don't do drugs. You'll end up like drugs, guys. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, what? If that's the case, I'll do drugs every day. Anything you want to do, you can. <laughs> Be a professor. Wink, wink. Clearly, you spent too much time on the phone. <laughs> <laughs>